Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spill and Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking Soul. Soul. Stay tuned because in this episode, we're giving our long and awaited review on Soul and talking about how much of a cultural phenomenon it's been in 2021. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spillin' This Tea. This is the podcast where we sip and spill on all things Disney. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome, grab yourself a cup of tea, and get ready to dive with us into the world of Disney. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Here we are, back with another episode, talking about soul. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am! I yeah. am. I genuinely am. No, I I honestly, <laughs> when I think about Soul, Soul isn't one of those movies that I really ha- think has much replay value for me. Yeah. But it's a movie that like I kind of want to watch again. Yeah. Um, and when I think about it, I think of the good things about it. And I definitely think that its success is, is warranted for sure. Yeah. No, the whole replay value thing, I completely understand. I mean, we'll get more into all of that once we get into the episode, but... Overall, like Soul has kind of just spotlighted everywhere over the past, you know, couple months since it came out on Christmas. And, you know, I guess it might have to do with the fact that there really isn't that much (laughs) out in the world right now. But I still think Pixar told a pretty cool story. It's they they were pretty brave with the story, the plot, something I didn't really think that, you know, a child's brain would really comprehend, which again, we'll get into. But yeah, it'll be good to steep in on it today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we get into our steep, do you want to go over some some recent news? What's happening in the realm of Disney? Yeah, yeah. So to begin, Disney Plus has reached 95 million subscribers. Crazy. Worldwide. Crazy. It's been... Not even two years of operation, barely a year. They're a couple couple months out from a year of operation. And yet here they are, 95 million people subscribe to their platform. And Netflix is at 200 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about how long Netflix has been around. Has taken to even get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, again, like right now we're kind of like in a day and age where streaming is so just like mandatory that it makes sense that you know, the numbers would rack up faster than Netflix did. But even just seeing like Disney Plus is probably one of the the newest streaming services aside from HBO Max is already up there. It's such a competitor for Netflix and it's only going to keep growing. Clearly with all the new stuff, especially that they have coming out. I read an article and essentially it was talking about how Disney might be considering prioritizing streaming, streaming revenue, Mm -hmm. which means a lot. If they start to focus everything towards Disney Plus, you know? Well, a few months ago, they they kind of went through and they streamlined everything and kind of figured what can go to Disney Plus, what can't. Mm -hmm. And we're getting so much content. I mean, we have our episode from back in December. So if you want to listen to that one, we kind of go over everything that they're releasing. But they're definitely putting a lot of faith into the streaming service and a lot of time, energy, and money. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Disney Plus, Mandalorian has been one of Disney Plus's biggest successes. And there's a little bit of tea from uh, from the Lucasfilm side of things. Ooh. So um, Gina Carano, who I don't remember who she plays. <laughs> I don't remember her character's name. I'm sorry. 
Um, but she was in Mandalorian. And she's been fired by Lucasfilm. T. Yeah. That's T. Following some very... Um, controversial news. Yeah, controversial <laughs> tweets. This hasn't been the first time this has happened. Um, there was already some controversy back at the end of last year. Um, but I guess this was the final straw for Lucasfilm. And she is fired. And I think Rangers of the New Republic was going to center around her or at least feature her. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. Is she like her. a main character or like a supporting character? She's more of like a supporting character. Like she's not in every episode, but she's still like, a are the masses going to be like fighting because she's gone now? I don't think she's like a super popular character. Though. Okay. She's there, you know, she's, yeah. she's notable. She holds her own. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, you know, Baby Yoda and Mando. They're like the cornerstone. <laughs> yeah. That production is pretty troubled anyway, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, there's, um, they haven't renewed for season three. So instead of doing a season three, they're doing the Boba Fett show. It's like the book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. um, which is like not going to feature like anyone. That's all I really want to say because I want to spoil it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's, some, there's some tea about it. Whether okay. Pedro Pascal is going to come back, whether he wants to come back. Whether he wants to, that's yeah. tea. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is from various sources. So, yeah. You know, I don't know for sure. But stay, tuned. stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> Moving on with news, we've got Brandy Cinderella on Disney Plus. Finally. Finally, it's here. We've got it. We still haven't even watched it. Yeah. So we need to get on that. We need to get on that. Yeah. yeah. But we've got it. And it's here. And I know that probably so many people have you know, dove in and watched it this weekend. So it's I'm exciting. excited. We've it's been waiting so exciting. For a long time. Yeah, it is. It's such an iconic film and mm-hmm. franchise and just everything. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited. I want to watch it now. Let's watch it tonight. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Um, in other news, we also have some more Marvel casting. I feel like, you know, people are casted like every other day now in the MCU. Um, but Zawe Ashton has been cast in Captain Marvel 2 as an undisclosed villain role. Um, Mm. We know she's going to be an antagonist in some form, but that's all we know. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh, I love um, seeing Marvel just keep casting along the way because just like you know we haven't seen some so much for so long and plus also seeing the infinity saga ending it's like we're seeing all this new casting and these new movies and these new characters like a whole new future for marvel yeah that we're like getting to see them build which is really cool yeah it's exciting and you can see all the diversity yeah um, it's so prominent and that's it's so important and i'm really you know, like, pleased to see that Marvel is, you know, putting in the work. And it doesn't even feel forced, you know? Mm-hmm. Just feels so good to be back in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Just so nice. <laughs> yeah. I've missed it so much. <laughs> now we just need the movies to come out. Yeah. I mean, WandaVision is doing a good job yeah. keeping us over so far. And then we'll have Falcon and Winter Soldier and so forth. So... There's some talk about them pushing Black Widow back again. Why? And I'm like, no, just Disney Plus it. Like, at this point, put on Disney Plus. why? Like, they're literally already, they're they're not, they have, like, Raya set for theaters. So why can't they do the exact same thing with Black Widow and just give them a date? Because I guess... Raya's not that, I mean, not Raya. Black Widow's probably not that poppin' to be, like, it has to be. It has to be better than, like, everything. Because they're giving it the celebrity treatment. They haven't pushed back any of their other movies this much. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is like they're gonna oversaturate it, and then it's gonna go to the point where it can't live up to it. It's kind of like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four when it came out. Mm-hmm. So I think you're gonna lose money either way, and they just you can't. We've already pushed back the Marvel slate so much. Yeah, like there's so much content that we should have we should have already been at like Eternals by now. We We're a year behind. Uh, yeah, you know? <laughs> they can't afford to push them back anymore. So just. You know, Disney Plus it. Yeah. You know, build up your streaming service. Exactly. Put something else out in theaters if you really want that, you know, income. But And maybe drop the fee to like, you know, like <laughs> more $30. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, we're getting a Cruella trailer tomorrow. So another live action in the making that we're going to get to see. And Cruella is one that's set for theaters, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Starring Miss Emma Stone. Yeah, are you excited for the trailer? I am not, like, I don't want to say, like, I'm not excited. Like, I, you know, yeah. I'm indifferent. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out to take a look at it, but I'm not, it's not Go a movie. On. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm not anticipating it. Um, The vibes seem kind of interesting to me. Yeah, and it's not necessarily, like, a movie that Disney is, like, pushing to be anticipated. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is that it's a live action that's meant for theaters, and it's not, it doesn't have the same, like, they're not doing anything the way they did with the other live action. The funny thing about, you know, live actions that we've seen in theaters, those ones are like, you know, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Mulan. They have such big hype and build up behind it. And it's like they're taking these like, you know, cornerstone properties, re pushing it out there and then, you know, blowing it up. But for like Cruella, they're kind of, they're, well, for me or what I'm seeing, it, it feels like it's marketed as a Disney Plus show. It's pretty minimal you don't really know what's i mean i guess we'll have to wait and see once they start like the trailers and stuff but i just feel like hercules live action isn't even in development and it has more hype hype than this does well we've already seen 101 dalmatians in real life anyways like we yeah. we have the glenn close version which a lot of people have nostalgia for even that one yeah so it's it's one of those properties kind of like cinderella where i think it's hard to build hype around it because it's just we're so used to seeing these mm-hmm. films come out but yeah. withhold judgment i guess until we see it we might end up praising it not we might. likely but you never know you never know if they you know if they well what i it seems like they've got a whole new plot coming which i find interesting i really like maleficent because of that reason so if cruella you know replicates the same energy i'm down for it it's also i wonder how they're going to humanize or justify like skinning puppies for a coat you know yeah or are they gonna just like make her like full villain i don't know i don't think she's gonna be a villain and i don't yeah how do you justify that (laughs) i don't know we'll see i don't know is she gonna be a villain like full villain i feel like no villain is like actually pure evil you know they're always nice at their core they're just perceived evil. So we're probably going to see her like misunderstood. Nice. Yeah, misunderstood. <laughs> we can go into our steep of the day now. Steep of the day. So for the steep of today, because we're talking about soul, one of the major or one of the most notable things from the film is the fact that not not even like 10 minutes <laughs> into the movie, our main character gets turned into a creature or a thing a blob in this case he's a soul and we've seen this 
you know, trope happen in so many different films. In The Emperor's New Groove, when Cusco turns into a llama, Princess and the Frog, Tiana and Naveen turn into frogs, Brother Bear, Spies in the Sky, so many. And it's not even just specifically characters turning into animals or creatures, but as characters of color. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, already such a prominent thing that there is lack of representation. So when there is representation, it's like, why are you taking these newly represented characters and turning them into, you know, something that's not human? Why can't they, why can't we follow their story under a human lens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's something I, everyone's going to argue like, well, there's like white characters, they get transformed into animals or whatever. And it's, yes, it is a, it is a popular trope in animation in general, but it seems that most of the characters that we do have that are of different minorities tend to be in these films where they're transformed. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a disservice because you're excited for representation and you're excited to see yourself on screen, but instead you see yourself transformed into Something a frog, else. a bear, a bird, you know? Yeah. I definitely notice it. And I kind of still notice it a little bit as movies are going forward, not to the extent. And I think definitely, like, I don't want to take away from the fact that, you know, we're getting characters like Moana and Raya who are, you know, the forefront of their stories. Yeah. I feel like what we're doing is we're, you know, Disney and Pixar, we're really starting to get more of that diversity that we've been hoping for. And, you know, for the most part, they're staying human. <laughs> Moana's human. Mm-hmm. Raya looks human. I don't think she's <laughs> going to transform. Hopefully not. And like, uh, you know, I'll admit, like when I did first learn about Soul, I was a little annoyed that, you know, I saw he was transformed. But I will also say that I like the way the movie was still carried out. So mm-hmm. while it was a transformative movie, it still showed you elements of the main character, Joe, and his community and culture, and that still represents through, which is why I am not, you know, all angry and whatever towards Soul, because that they worked it really well. But, you know, in other, other things that we've seen, like Princess and the Frog, it's, I don't really like when they're frogs. This is no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we all know this. And at least like with Princess and the Frog, I feel like because we still, it's like both Tiana and Naveen turn into frogs, but we still got to see Naveen as a human. Even though it wasn't Naveen, we still got to see his physical form, which was kind of some sort of reminder in your head. Like we don't see Tiana as a human again until <laughs> the end of the film, which yeah. is pretty annoying. So, you know, at least they didn't do Joe completely dirty. And I, I, I don't know. I don't feel like they're going to do it again. It'd be kind of stupid if they did it again at this point. Yeah. Unless it's like already an existing story, like of Disney in like 10 years is like, let's do like Swan Lake, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Because most of the times when they do a story like this, they're not, they don't tend to be in those popular Disney movies. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking Brave princess and the frog brother bear ember's new groove you know definitely have their fans but they're not some of the greatest disney stories out there which is true because i just feel like you know when you're going into an animated film it's like you have the anticipation of watching animated humans or animated animals those are two different movies you get different types of entertainment and when i'm going into a movie expecting animated human humor and then i get you know animated animal humor that's not what i wanted to see yeah and it doesn't take you on or it takes away from the relatability to Mm -hmm. the characters and it's like why do i want to keep watching this 
why do I want to watch this character go through a situation that I'm never going to go through that is making the plot less interesting than it could have been if they stayed a human? It's uh, problematic, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely good that it's being called out. Yeah. It's being noticed by many, many people. And it's, it's being changed, which is good. Yeah. It just, it, it's, it's an interesting pattern to observe. All right, let's go into the main discussion. To the main discussion. The main review. So before we get into uh, the meat of the conversation, I just wanted to kind of go over some stats about Soul. So Soul was directed by Pete Docter. It stars Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. It was released on December 25th, 2020 on Disney+. And it was also released in theaters in foreign markets. So, so far it's grossed $104 million against a $150 million budget, which isn't great. But in a pandemic world, it's decent. And actually, we really don't have... A lot of the thing now with movies is, is looking at streaming numbers. Wonder when 1984 took the headline for the most streamed movie of the period that it was released in however it's an hour longer than soul so and it's measured in minutes wonder woman 1984 has more minutes than soul but it's a longer film so at the end of the day soul ended up being the more watched film okay interesting yeah. i didn't know it was uh calculated like that it depends. I, I, I know like a little bit, but we really like, <laughs> see it from time to time. Yeah, Soul actually surpassed 1.7 billion minutes on Disney+. Plus. A lot of people watched that weekend. I got so many Snapchats. Like my friends like specifically snapping me like, Sakura, have you seen Soul yet? Yeah, yeah I know I'm a Disney nerd. Stop coming for me. <laughs> well, it was a good idea, you know, like Christmas Day where yeah. a lot of people weren't getting together with their families. Mm-hmm. It was a good way to to spend it watching a Disney Pixar film. Exactly. And a really good one, I mm-hmm. thought, fact, too. Really wholesome. Really nice for Christmas, you know? Yeah. Even though it wasn't a Christmas movie, it definitely did, like, fit the bill really nicely. Well, I think, like, it was originally going to be a summer film. Mm-hmm. So, it, I don't know. It, I feel like it felt right coming it out did. when it came out, you know? Yeah. I feel like... I kind of feel like it did better now than if it came out in the summer. Yeah. I don't know if it would have, like had much hype because i also feel like you know disney would have had so much more movies out there'd be a lot more competition and soul probably might not have been the spotlight yeah but i think like you know having come out on christmas the only new thing that disney's put out in a while besides mulan yeah yeah everyone's hopping on that yeah <laughs> yeah i'm excited to see how raya does yeah especially because it has an extra cost attached to it mm-hmm. so we'll see if that uh, affects it at all yeah all right, let's get into the film. Yeah, so um, it's always fun to watch a new Disney film and see, you know, sometimes they like to change the opening logo at the castle, put a different facade over it, or they like to change the music. So I was pretty delighted yeah. um, that this film started with When You Wish Upon a Star, but, you know, like high school band. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, you know, things were out of tune and everyone was a little off tempo. So I liked that. I thought that was like a really like charming way to to bring us into the film and yeah. kind of like into Joe's perspective. Yeah, exactly. I really liked the whole school band trope too because they they also did a, a good job at representing it because I was in middle school band and we sounded awful. We sounded exactly <laughs> like that. It would take weeks for us to get like <laughs> maybe 30 seconds of like semi sounding okay. So, and yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Super creative. Yeah. Yeah, in the beginning we meet our main character 
Mr. Joe Gardner. Mm-hmm. He is a aspiring jazz artist, wants to play with the best, wants to play everywhere for everyone and, you know, live his dreams. And he's a, a really, really interesting character because, you know, you see that he has all these big dreams, but really and truly, like, his major, I guess, self-conflict kind of comes from pressure from his mom to get a real job and, you know, get a pension and be stable and all that boring stuff, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of like an interesting way to to open up with the movie. And then we see a little bit more about his life and we meet characters like Curly, who was one of his past band students. And he introduced him to the opportunity to, to play with Dorothea Williams, one of the best jazz artists and something that Joe's always wanted to do and blah, 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 blah. So he gets that done. Um, he impresses Dorothea, gets the gig, and then he dies by falling into a manhole. Honestly, since I was a kid, my mom told me to never step on those things. And I'm telling all of you right now, do not step on those. Be as, be as superstitious. It was open. Be as, well, honest, well, yeah, he actually was a fool for that. But don't even step on the closed ones because you never know. You never know. Every time I'm like going for a walk and I walk over like a manhole or like a sewer cover. I feel like I'm, I'm like, going to die. I, well, I always just hold my AirPods. I'm like, they're going to fall off. Just like... <laughs> Yeah, I always like, like take like one, like if I do, I take like a step and like to see if it's going to hold my support or not. And if it doesn't, I just hope that my other leg doesn't fall in and it can kind of (laughs) like balance me. Oh my God. I was surprised with how quickly it happened. Like, I don't know for sure. It was so fast. (laughs) I wasn't expecting it. I don't even know if it was 15 minutes, man. (laughs) crazy and then cut to like the credits and i was like oh okay we're doing like an opening credits thing cool yeah what'd you think about that whole sequence when he was kind of falling through the universe yeah that was that was interesting it really started to set the scene for where the movie was going because mm-hmm. I think, you know, when the movie first starts and, you know, you get to see Joe's life, it's kind of like that's really just like the background information. But once he falls into the manhole, that's when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're starting to get a taste of what this new world we're about to visit is, which is exciting because with every Pixar movie, we get to explore a whole new world. So it's like, what are we going to get to see from this one? So it's a bit of anticipation. It's like uh, an introduction to what this entire universe is going to be and then yeah we get to the great beyond Mm -hmm. which i i I love the whole vibe i love this um celestial plane that they're on yeah and you see joe on this like conveyor belt thing going into the great beyond and then (laughs) they just like go in like the souls are just like chilling they go in and they like zap like mosquitoes yeah and I'm like, oh, okay. And then, like, that's what sets him off. I'm like, yeah, that would scare me, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Literally, Do they have though. to crackle like that? Like, <laughs> And you mean to tell me Joe's the only soul ever to, like, freak out like this and not be ready to die? Like, did everyone, everyone else is just like, okay, cool? Like, Yeah, like, that's the thing we're probably supposed to assume is that, well, at least, like, at least I feel like it would be ridiculous to think that out of all the souls in the world joe's the only soul that like try to avoid death or like you know half died or whatever the heck the situation is but it probably doesn't happen often mm-hmm. you know especially with terry terry's on it terry's on the count 
Terry's on it. If anyone, anything is out of place, Terry's got it. Can we get into like Terry and the yes. Terry's? Let's do it. Okay. So Joe finds himself in the great before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where souls are. They come to. Get their personalities. Yes. And we meet the Jerry's, which are like, they look so cool. Like they're like these like wire art. Yeah. They were animated really, really interestingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so down for it. You know? And they say they're they're all quantized. They're fields of the universe. Yeah, or in the simplest form that a human can understand. And I was like, okay, I still don't know what you are, but thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> they look kind of like, um, you know, like like two thousand and four Word that little paperclip. Oh my god, I was thinking that too. <laughs> yes. So, so they're all named Jerry. Yeah. And then there's Terry. And then there's Terry. It's just. The Aries, clearly. There's got to be some Carries somewhere. Some Marys. Sherry's. Some Sherry's. <laughs> Berries. Okay, it, it would have been funny. That's, like, that was kind of a lost opportunity. They should have just, like, referenced, like, a carry in, like, HR or something. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> they should have. And did, Cherry, did Terry choose to be the counter? The count's off. <laughs> <laughs> That's Terry is probably the breakout character of this movie. And then speaking of Terry, Terry's also Grandma Tala yes. from Moana. Rachel House. Oh my gosh. Talk about talent. Multifaceted. When she was speaking, I was like, something sounds familiar here. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh. And then she's also um, Topaz in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Wow. Multifaceted. Multifaceted. <laughs> like you just love because terry definitely has like ocd like she needs to get the job done she yeah. needs to be perfect yeah and she will do whatever it takes when, to make it that way when she was like realized that joe was gone and going through like the the file folders i was like ma'am <laughs> she's like a micro manager y'all don't have google drive <laughs> Yeah, right? They have, like, their, their technology is from, like, the 50s. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, I feel like they should have updated technology if you are the quantizing of everything. In the- I don't freaking know what you guys even are. Maybe because it's, like, the great before. It can only be, like, well, I guess that never well, mind. Yeah. But, yeah, so once Joe escapes to the great before, he realizes he can't get out. It's either he, well, he tries to escape back to Earth. That's not working out because he literally cannot. Um, so it's either he goes back to the great beyond, which is a no-go because we're not trying to die. We have Dorothy Williams to get back to. Mm-hmm. Or um, he needs to be a mentor in the great before. And we kind of get into that plot line where he kind of gets forced into this mentorship just to like, you know, save his ass and cover his ground. And then we meet who he's mentoring, and that is soul number 22. Soul number 22 is Miss Tina Fey. Oh, we didn't even say. Joe is voiced by Jamie Foxx. Yes. <laughs> but yes, 22 is also vo- uh, is voiced by Tina Fey. And 22 is a very, very interesting character. We learned she's had many mentors over the years. So if she's, you know, soul 22, and they've got up to, like, soul, like, what, like... Four trillion. Four trillion and like 82. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So she's had mentors such as Marie Antoinette, Einstein, Mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali, like all of these people. And now she's got Joe. And she's just like, 
a complete nightmare because she doesn't want to go to earth. That's like her big thing. Doesn't want to go to earth, doesn't want to be a person, wants to stay a soul forever in the U seminar. And then she realizes that Joe isn't who, you know, he says he is. He His goal is just to get back to earth. So then she kind of like calms down a bit, starts to like, you know, show him around and we get to see more of the, the U seminar, the great before. And we see all these different places mm-hmm. like the zone we meet lost souls all these all these different things what did you think about kind of like the rules that they introduced for this new soul world like the zone and the lost souls yeah yeah i love it i love the zone particularly because it just it makes sense the zone is how they describe it as when you're super in your craft you're in your passion and you're just you know, as we say, totally zoned out, just like literally in this area of just focusing on doing what you love. That's what they call the zone. And, you know, you essentially it pulls you out of reality, puts you in the zone and you're like super focused and you're just kind of like in a trance in the zone until you snap out of it. And it's really funny, like seeing like how that uh, interprets in the movie. Like we've seen Joe in the zone. We got to see Connie in the zone. Um, we see 22 ground with people in the zone. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. And the lost souls. So the lost souls are basically souls that have a passion, but they are so entwined with that passion that it becomes like an obsession. So like that happens, you know, with like money or things like that. And they kind of just like float down and become these like sand monsters. <laughs> yeah basically basically like really scary looking but yeah i guess then that's where moonwind comes in he's our character that helps lost souls to find themselves again Mm -hmm. and moonwind is uh he is on many (laughs) substances and yes (laughs) (laughs) he's not a sober soul no he's not a sober soul moonwind is like like that hippie that extreme hippie that you see on the side of the street that does like such intense meditation that he's able to put himself into what's that what is that place called where the where where he's like where they're on the boat the astral plane the astral plane i think the astral plane i mean you said that with confidence so (laughs) it sounds right Uh, i love when he's like i used to be a lost soul and they're like oh my god and he's like tetris yeah (laughs) it'd be like that (laughs) have you ever felt like you've been a lost soul brayden yeah i think so yeah i think so you know you kind of like you can get so wrapped up in something that's completely it clouds everything your mind yeah yeah it sucks yeah and then i've also been in the zone so you know it's it's it works both ways it works both ways you know this movie is so clever in the way that it relates or it can relate to everyday life. Mm-hmm. And it, it you walk away from it kind of thinking a lot instead of, you know, most Pixar films make you feel, they make you cry, they make you happy. Um, and this has all the emotions, but I feel like this film really makes you kind of think about yourself a little bit and you kind yeah. of walk away from it. Like what, you know, what is my purpose or, or you know, yeah, these are questions we all have. And this movie really tackled it well. Dead. And I think it's definitely not a film. It's not a flashy film. It's not a film that I think little kids are going to flock to watch over and over and over again. Maybe they will. Maybe they like the soul stuff. But I think this is one of Pixar's most mature and sophisticated films. By far. There's like not a hint of commercialism. I just think it's it's 
it's great it's it's like a really cool it's a different film for pixar yeah but in like a good way yeah exactly i find it like super interesting that the different types of topics that they try to address it's like they kind of try to take on concepts of you know where do you go after you die or where what where do you start before you're born um without even having to mention religion or science Mm -hmm. and they completely did it in a way that it makes sense and it's like it's an animated film so they can say whatever they want it goes like it's entertaining and it makes sense and it's just like a nice new view on something that doesn't have to be controversial Mm -hmm. i made it very accessible to everybody yeah by far and then also like with what they were able to do with kind of showing the culture of new york you know the characters that we meet and that sort of thing like that also really adds to the maturity of it because you're meeting real life characters you know Mm -hmm. a lot of times in animation they take real life personalities and embellish them to be obviously you want to use animation to create bigger and better things that humans can't you know emote or say or or physically do or look like but you know in soul right down to a t it's like you could be watching a live action really truly they could have refilmed that whole thing as live action Mm -hmm. and it would have had the same effect so that's really cool yeah and i think the animation really allows you to kind of float from the soul world to our world very easily one random thing i wanted to point out that i noticed is i feel like it's um it's kind of like a common thing and disney's been doing it for a while where they'll you know kind of like draw over top of their cgi and they can kind of like meld them together yeah sort of like what they did in paper man um, and I've noticed it here in Seoul. You can kind of see just like what the colorization of the souls and like kind of like the smile lines, like yeah. the dimples. And I love that. Like I felt that it really, that and then the Jerry's and Terry, like it yeah. really kind of added this, like this this homey, like 2D feel to it that I really liked. Yeah. You know, eventually, you know, the plot moves on and Joe and 22 end up back on Earth. And that's when the whole protagonist turns into something else. (laughs) Literally, Soul did it twice because Joe went from a soul to now a cat. And 22, the soul is now in Joe's body. So that was interesting because since 22 was in Joe's body, we still got to see Joe's body and hear his voice. So I was content. Even though Joe himself was a cat, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it you know and then we started to like go essentially like you the cool thing about it is that like 22 and joe like help each other learn stuff and while they're doing this they go through these different scenarios where we interact with different characters and essentially it like adds to the character development of both of the characters so you know when we meet connie connie was kind of like the first thing to show 22 anything about earth and you know show her why a reason why she might want to be a human on earth and then we go to the barbershop the barbershop was really cool actually because they did a really good job in depicting what a real life barbershop looked like my dad owns a hair salon so i've been in a barbershop my whole life so it was really cool seeing how they got everything down to a t from the equipment to the people to the conversation to you know the looks everything and just the detail of how it was animated too it was just it was awesome it was so great and just like you know things i've seen online whether you know people reacting to soul or um reviews or comments that sort of thing like a lot of black people are really really happy with how well it was depicted how well the culture is depicted it's not just i have 
a black character and that's my physical representation but my culture is also being shown and not just in a way where it's you know showing a random culture from around the world but looking at like new york a place like new york itself probably has like a trillion different cultures within it because there's so many different people that live there and it's just its own place on its own so really getting to dive in on this really specific area was like really really interesting for disney to do Mm -hmm. brave of them and and just how well it was executed was great that scene was great yeah and made joe an even more likable person yeah and i think for the sake of his transformation he kind of needed to be in a different perspective Mm -hmm. and and it was kind of needed for like 22 to kind of like hijack his body yeah because he needed to kind of experience that and he got such a he needed to see from the outside yeah you know yeah and they're great like yeah i totally agree i think that barbershop scene is one of the best scenes in the film Mm -hmm. just those scenes kind of like those quieter dialogue heavy scenes yeah which isn't really a thing that disney does often in its animation but with joe and his mother and then yeah with, um, that was a really good scene too yeah powerful yeah. stuff also we got david diggs <laughs> yeah david diggs made it i thought he was gonna be a much bigger role <laughs> much i was kind of hoping <laughs> yeah literally blink and you miss it like mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't even realize till afterwards that cut deep joe <laughs> yo paul paul got done dirty he's dirty. like traumatized terry, for life now terry did a number to paul yeah terry didn't have to do all that to paul Stay away from those processed foods. <laughs> I wanted to see Paul in like the Pixar popcorn, but that didn't happen. Right? <laughs> like, These are the characters we Paul. care about. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to the end of the film. It's cool because, you know, how we got there, everything was kind of like working out really great for the two characters until, of course, freaking 22 decides to have a, a, a conniption and she wants to run away from Joe and, you know, screw up the whole plan. Everything was working perfectly, but, you know, she had to do that. But then, you know, after we kind of go through all of that and we we go towards the end, and we, you know, we're back in the soul world because nothing ever works out for joe joe and 22 have this huge argument and essentially or i guess it's important to say that you know joe was able to come back to earth and play with dorothea williams and he got his big gig and that sort of thing but he ended up back in the soul world so he half died again and (laughs) when we get to like 22 we see that 22 is now a lost soul and she's going through the most because of that huge argument she had with joe and all this jazz and we're now like in we're getting towards like the the nitty gritty of it and you know big things are about to happen so it's it's interesting because this is the like i would say this part would be like the climax of the movie but i swear it's like five minutes until the movie ends i feel like climaxes are supposed to happen a little (laughs) a little closer to a little further out it's a very abrupt ending yeah it's like like climax and then end yeah like it ends yeah you know and I like the way the climax was done. Um, yeah. With kind of like the like the sand kind of enveloping yeah. um, Joe and 22. And then you kind of see like these twisted sort of like figures of like who 22's mentors were mm-hmm. beforehand. It was a really great way of kind of like showing like their insecurity in like a tangible way, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, it just it just ended so quickly. It did. And, and you know what? Like at first... I didn't like that it ended so quickly because you know it feels abrupt it doesn't feel right like the first time you watch it but now I now I'm okay with it because it's kind of like 
at first I was thinking like, okay, like, you know, what happens to 22? What happens to Joe? Like, I want to see, but at least for Joe, I don't really know if I want to keep seeing what happens to Joe. I think his story is told. Yeah. Now are we just going to go live his life better? Like, it's not like, I don't know. I don't really, really know if I need, to, if I need to see that. <laughs> and I think it's, it's, I know there was like debate on people wondering like, oh, should he have just like died in the end or should he have survived? I'm kind of glad that they gave him like another chance because I think kind of the message, soul isn't really about death. It's about life. Yeah. And it's about embracing little aspects of life and little things you kind of don't think about. Yeah. But just trying to make the most of it and just enjoy it. And I think kind of, at least from my perspective, Joe's going to do what he wants to do going forward. And I'm kind of glad that they left it open-ended. You don't really know if he's going to take the teacher job or if he's going to play with Dorothea Williams. Yeah. But I kind of like that. Yeah. And I like that we don't really see who 22 becomes or we don't get a hint or anything. With 22, uh, if it was 22, like, I mean, at least with 22, like, I would have appreciated a hint. I don't need to see 22, but, like, something. Yeah. At least just, you know, that would have just made me happy. Yeah. But... It's okay. With the sequels for... No, can you imagine? They're prob- soul 2. There's definitely going to be a Soul 2. Oh my god. No. They can't do... What can they do with Soul 2? <laughs> it's about 22. If they do Soul 2 before Moana 2, <laughs> I'm fighting. I don't know what's Pixar. Pixar is like usually on it for sequels. Yeah, that's true. All right. So, Brayden, what mm-hmm. are your final thoughts, ratings on Soul? I think Soul was a highlight of 2020 for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Pixar definitely gave us another good classic. I don't think it's one of my favorite Pixar films, and I definitely won't rewatch it probably that all that often. But with that being said, I think it's still a great film. It makes you think. It's kind of was bold for a Pixar <laughs> film, you know. It it, yeah. it kind of went in a different direction, and I applaud it for that. So I am going to give Soul. An 8 out of 10. Solid okay. 8 out of 10. That's good. That's a good score. What about you? Yeah, with Soul, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my first viewing. My second viewing, I didn't enjoy it as much. But I think that has to do with the fact that I don't think that Soul is a movie that's meant to have high replay value. Because for one, it's like kind of a long movie. Yeah, it feels very long. It feels, or I don't know if it's long, but it feels super long, especially for a Pixar slash Disney movie. But yeah, no, like overall, I, you know, started off a little bit uh, disappointed with, with, with what I thought the plot would be, but, you know, I was more than happy with how it was executed. I thought the story was really interesting, like you said, super brave and not something that I thought Pixar would do. But again, like also not surprising because Pixar isn't new to, you know, defying the conventional and trying new things and, you know, looking at different perspectives. And that's essentially that's the really cool thing that Pixar does. So, you know, the fact that they took this whole concept and, you know, created a whole visual story out of it was amazing. I really liked the film. I'd probably give it an 8.5 out of 10 okay i would give it a 9 if it had better replay value but it just doesn't for me but i think it's a little better than 8 i think i gave onward an 8 <laughs> really i don't know maybe, maybe i didn't <laughs> i need to rewatch onward so yeah this kind of like is cool because like one of our next upcoming episodes is going to be the pixar theory yes and what we want to do well you know we're not going to do it with this episode but you know moving forward with our next Pixar reviews. So what do we have coming up? We've got Luca, Big Red in the future. <laughs> Big Red. She's wait. another transformation. Oh, wait, movie. I keep saying Big Red. Let me not be disrespectful. What's it called? Turning Red. Turning Red. Turning Red. Whatever else there is. We are going to come up with our own theories for how they fit into the Pixar theory. Mm-hmm. 
So excited for that. When we have our Disney Pixar theory episode, we will we'll make one up for Soul. And we'll add that in there. I'm excited. I'm excited to do the Pixar theory because it's so wild and complicated. It it is. It is. And it'll it'll be fun to talk about it. Cause like I feel like like we haven't actually sat down and just like talked about it before. Like I feel yeah. like we've like, you know, we've seen videos or whatever, but we haven't like tried to like make sense of it ourselves and like map it out. So that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right. Well, that's it today for our take on Soul. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did talking about it. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple. Apple. Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. And if you'd like to share your thoughts with us today on today's episode, please be sure to shoot us an email at spillandistpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us and leave us a review. It really helps us out and share with all of your fellow friends, family, Disney fanatics, your boss, your coworkers, your neighbors, everyone. everyone. We are so in sync. <laughs> Literally everyone loves Disney and there's nobody that won't enjoy this. We talk Disney past, present, and future, so it's perfect for the masses. You can also reach us individually, myself at MJ on Instagram and now Twitter. And you can reach me at Braden Rosman on Instagram and at Braden C. Rosman on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time... Play, Play South, South Zach. Zach.